We are so grateful for the opportunity to come into your hearts and into your homes and to worship Jesus together with you. My name is Steve Husk. I'm the lead pastor at Faith Church. And each and every time we get together, we make a declaration that we believe people are just going to open up their hearts and hear. And it's this, that Jesus, he's the hope of the world. And as we encounter his presence and as we declare his goodness in moments like these in worship, like we just believe it changes everything. There's so many things in this world that we count on and we put our hope on. And there's so many good things. There's only one thing that'll change your life forever, and that's Jesus. And so as we step into this moment, I just want to pray. Maybe you're carrying something or going through a battle or going through a struggle. Maybe you've got a wall in front of you that you can't get through. You've got stuff that is hanging on to you that you can't break off of you. And Jesus is the one that can do it. And so, Father, we just come right now, God, grateful for your presence and grateful for your promises. And so, Lord, we stand in your presence. Lord, we're not helpless because we have you. And so we put all of our attention and all of our hope in you. And Father, in these next few moments as we continue to stand in your presence, as we linger in this moment of worship, I pray, Father, every person in every home, behind every screen, in every situation would experience life change through you. And Father, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody here and everybody at home said amen. 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 Well, listen, we are continuing this series that we started a couple weeks ago. In fact, today we're going to conclude it. And it's this idea that heart matters, that what's in our heart matters. And we've been having this conversation, like, why does it matter? And ultimately, the heart, you have to understand what the heart is, that God's word teaches from beginning to end that the heart is the center of humanity. It's, it's who we are. It's our essence. It's our, it's our soul. It's the seed of our emotions, our devotions, our decisions, our discussions. Everything we do, it comes from the heart. In fact, one of the wisest men who ever lived, a king by the name of Solomon, he wrote this in Proverbs 4. He said that basically it's, it's out of our heart flows the issues of life. Everybody say flows. So he says there's a flow that comes out of you. And it impacts everything. That flow out of you impacts every decision. It impacts, it impacts uh, relationships. Come on. It impacts your money. It, imp- it impacts racism. Come on, that's all part of the flow. It's all... It's all the issues. We have heart issues, money issues, relationship issues. It's all because of that flow. And so here's the question I want to tackle just for a few minutes is, is if the life we're having, the life we're experiencing, the life we're going through is a result of the flow coming out of our heart, how do we get a different life? And we get a different life, come on, by experiencing a different flow. And Jesus answers the question, right? If it's the flow that's coming out of us, is determining our life and determining our experience, then Jesus basically lets us know this, that if you want to get a different outflow, you have to have a different inflow. Come on that. And if you'll get that, that'll change you. So here's what Jesus said. Jesus said in John chapter seven, he said, if anyone who's thirsty, come to me. We live in a world that is thirsty. And man, we're drinking at the water fountain of riches and popularity and likes on Facebook and pictures. And, but Jesus said, that thing will never satisfy. If you're thirsty, come to me. But then he says this, he says, you'll come and you'll drink of me. Come on. That's the inflow. Watch the inflow changes the outflow. Anyone who believes in me out of his heart will flow 
rivers of living water. So he says, if you'll come to me, you'll get a different inflow and that'll lead to a different outflow. But I want to just hang here for a second because unfortunately, a lot of times as, as believers, we relegate our relationship with God to this thing that happened and not something that's happening. An experience we had, not something we have. And so to be really clear, when Jesus says, if you're thirsty, come to me. And if anybody who believes in me, out of your heart will flow rivers. Will flow, will flow, will flow, will flow. And so clearly, clearly Jesus, he's talking about our salvation experience. That because of our sin, we're separated from our creator. And only our savior can redeem us, forgive us, save us. In the moment, whoever you are, wherever you're at, the moment you believe, the moment you put your trust in, the moment you put your faith in Jesus, come on, every human needs a new heart. And in that moment, you get a brand new heart. But here's what you need to understand is, again, most people, when Jesus said, if anyone believes in me, he doesn't say, like, if you did it one time, come on. <laughs> what he's saying is, while that first time leads to salvation, he's not saying that you can just have an experience. You can't just have a flow the first time. You can have a flow every time. That every time you put your faith, every time you have an encounter, every time you believe. Well, I don't know if you know this. We're in the middle of this moment of praise and worship. Did you know praise is an expression of faith? It is. Because when you decide to turn your attention off of who you are and what you're going through and put your attention on the creator of the universe, that takes faith. To really believe he's a big God. To believe he's bigger than our struggles, bigger than our situations, bigger than our heartache. Like, I'm not, I'm going to quit looking at what I'm in. I'm going to look at, come on, who's above me and who's for me and who's on my side, who my God is, who my Savior is, who my Redeemer is. So, so faith, it's expressed in our praise. That's so important because watch what Jesus said again. Jesus said, he said, if you'll believe in me, if you'll have a faith experience, if you'll put, come on, if that'll happen, what happens? Flow. Rivers will flow out of you. And so it's not just what happened when we got saved. That starts it. But we need to continue to have an inflow so we can experience an outflow. We can only have the life Jesus came to give us if we continue to put our trust in hope. And that can be accomplished, not only, but can be accomplished through praise. So I don't know if anybody else is TikTokers in the house. Come on. I know I wandered on to the black hole of an app called TikTok. And uh, I'm just fascinated. I'm fascinated by the content people can produce and all the dances they have and all the experiences they have. But I came across one and it, it, it was kind of crazy. And so it's called, and I don't know if it's right, at least it's what this girl called it. It was called the TikTok Sheet Challenge. And basically what this, what this lady did was she took her clothes and she ran it through her washing machine. And then she took fresh Fresh clothes, they're clean, fresh out of a wash cycle. And she takes them and puts them in a bathtub and then puts in some more detergent and lets these sheets sit in this water. And over the next four hours, this water is like mud water. It's a, and you're like, no way. Well, a lot of people keep repeating this challenge. So it's not like trick photography. It's not a setup. All these people who have modern washing machines take clean clothes and put it in a bathtub full of water and let it, and they stir it around. And it takes these clothes that they thought was clean because it smelled clean. And what it exposes is not really clean. And here's why. This is so important. Is because, I, come on, I know I'm, I'm probably the oldest person in the room. 
So most of you in this room, come on, anybody remember they used to have washing machines and they would fill up with water and they had an agitator. And so there was a lot of water in the washing machine so it could get the clothes clean. Well, now because people want efficiency, they've traded efficiency for cleanliness. So modern washing machines use about 50% less water. Well, what this experiment is showing is that because there's not enough flow, the clothes can't really get clean. They look clean. What I'm telling you is that, again, praise is an opportunity for ex- to express our faith, which creates a flow of God's presence, and that's where we get a life change. But see, we live in a culture and a society that we have, we have traded efficiency for cleanliness. I don't have time for church this weekend. Come on, I need to go to the river. I need to spend time. I'm not condemning anybody. What I'm telling you is I know all of us have busy calendars and we have so much on our plate to do, but we've traded efficiency for cleanliness. We've settled for a worship song in the car once a week and you can get a little clean. You might smell better, but to really get a, to really get a deep clean, to really get a deep clean, what they call it is strip washing. When they put it in and let it set and get... If you want a strip wash, if you want a new flow and a new heart and a new life, you have to really allow God's presence to flow in. If you want a new outflow, you have to get a new, come on, say it, inflow. And so I want us to look for just a few moments at a story found in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 16 is the story of these two guys, Paul and Silas. Paul, if you've been in church for a while, Paul is a very central figure. He experiences life change and he wants everybody to know the Jesus he met. And so God calls him as an apostle and he, he travels through this huge region and he's, he's, he's preaching the gospel. He's telling people about the life change and the salvation and the hope that's found in the Messiah in Christ. And he's establishing churches. And this is one of the moments where he's traveling and he's preaching the gospel and he's with his, he's, he's with his, his, his best friend. He's with his buddy. He's with his gospel pal. His name's Silas. And these guys are out preaching the gospel. And as they're out preaching the gospel, some pretty amazing things are happening. Miracles are breaking out. Well, in this specific encounter, they're preaching the gospel. And this demon-possessed girl comes up. They cast the demon out of this girl. So they're preaching the gospel. Miracles are happening. People find freedom. Well, not everybody loves what's happening. Come on. Not everybody's going to co-sign what God's doing in your life. And so this mob erupts. And they pull Paul and Silas to the authorities. The authorities, they get dragged in front of the authorities. They get beaten. They get thrown into prison. Not just thrown into prison. They get thrown into the inner prison. And they're not just in the inner prison, but they're in shackles. Now, let me just talk about this real quick, because this is a very dark moment that you can read through and think, hmm. So, again, they're beaten with rods. So, I mean, they are bloody. They are bruised. They're broken. And they're thrown into prison. And when it says the inner prison, picture this. This is the dark place. This is the deep place. This is the place in the center of the prison that all of the filth from the rest of the prison runs to. Basically, they're sitting on the gutter drain of the prison. And so here they are in the darkness, beaten, broken. They're in the worst place. The stench is awful. But it's not enough because they decide to put them in stocks. Now, they're just not up against the wall the way that they would do it is they would stretch their legs as far as they could and their arms as far as they could. So it was absolutely uncomfortable. It was was unbearable. You can't sit down. You can't lay down. You can't really stand up in the midst of all this pain. And then on top of it, 
the two verses I want to read starts this. So imagine this, these two men freshly beaten, broken in the inner prison in stocks. Verse 25 says, in around midnight. It's saying it even gets worse. Midnight, as in contrast to noon, noon is scientifically the brightest moment of the day when the sun is at its zenith. Midnight is when the sun is 180 degrees behind you. This is the darkest moment. It's almost like the worst, think of the worst thing possible. This is what they're in. I love it. It says, Paul and Silas, watch this. In the middle of all this around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And other prisoners were listening and suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations and all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. How cool is that? But come on, we're, we're, talking, we're talking about a flow. So a lot of people, so here they are. What really generates this moment is what? Their praise. See, for a lot of Christians today, we think praise is a playlist and praise is a perspective. You know, I got my, uh, I got my, uh, I still listen to some old heavy metal. I got my heavy metal playlist. I tell you what's on it, but y'all will judge me. I got my 80s rap playlist. Come on, Eric B and Rakim, I can't get enough. Biz Markey. Come on, somebody out there, I know you're with me. And then like everybody else, I got my worship playlist. But praise, real praise isn't a playlist, it's a perspective, which means it's not just the song you're singing, it's where you're putting your attention. So here they are, they're in absolute pain, they're stretched out, they're uncomfortable, they're in the dark, and they don't choose to see their bondage, they don't choose to focus on the stench, they don't choose to see the pain, they choose to put their perspective on their Savior. And in the middle of this, everything starts to change. And here's why, because listen, they started to believe, they put their faith in God. Well, what happens when you believe? It starts to flow. Out of your heart will flow. Out of, come on, everybody say flow. Out of your heart will flow. Listen, this is the power of real praise. You can't be mad in praise. Now, you could sing a church song in praise. Amazing grace, how sweet I hate them, the sound. But if you'll really focus on God, if you'll put your perspective not on your situation, not on your struggle, not the people you're mad at, not your heart, listen, you can't worry. You can't worry in praise. You can't be mad in praise. You can't be bitter in praise. Why? Because when you choose to put faith, a flow comes, and that's, listen, worship always leads to washing. The reason clothes aren't getting clean is there's not enough flow. The reason hearts aren't getting clean is there's not enough flow. I'm just telling you, listen, if you're at home and you're struggling, and you're battling, you're like, how do I get through? And you're looking, can I, can I talk to the right lawyer, talk to the right doctor, talk to the right counselor? Who can fix my marriage? Who can fix my finances? Who can fix this nation? I'm telling you, it doesn't start in legislation. It starts in the heart. So how do we get it? If you want a new outflow, you got to have a new inflow. The problem, I think, is, again, especially for Christians... Is, is we keep bringing, come on, remember how it was when you first went to church? I didn't want to always raised in church. And I would come into church once I gave my life to Christ. And like, it was, my, it was my refuge. I didn't have to worry about what friends were saying or doing. It was just, man, singing, worshiping God. But sometimes we get this change where early on I was bringing my Monday through Saturday or my Sunday into my Monday through Saturday. 
And sometimes we flip that and we start bringing Monday through Saturday into our Sunday and the flow stops. And it should always come out when God's working in us. This should just start transforming our heart and transforming our situation. If you're taking notes, when we flood heaven with our praise, he floods our heart with his power. Man, when we'll just choose to focus and choose to see him, man, I'm telling you, there will be a flow into our heart. But then listen to this. He says, in the middle of this dark moment, this difficult time, they choose to praise. And it says in the middle of their praying and singing hymns to God, it says in the other prisoners were listening. So this is a whole prison. I have to imagine just for a moment, you know how in the bathroom you sound better? I can sing as good as you in my bathroom. I'm just telling you. I ain't playing. We sound very similar. I'm a little octave, octave higher, but I got you till I get in a microphone. Come on. So I imagine there's echo, but it's, again, they got this praise and everybody else is listening. Why? Because complaining was common. Everybody else is sitting in the stench and feeling the pain. But what was the differing sound that they chose to focus on? All of a sudden, out of this darkness and out of the stench and out of this hurt, two men start praising. And everybody perks up. Everybody starts listening. Everybody starts hearing. And here's the deal. Even though everybody was in the same prison, not everybody in the prison had the same thing in them. What the difference is between Christians and people who don't yet know Jesus, it's not what we get in. It's what's in us. I know there's some of us who will tell us, hey, listen, if you love Jesus, you'll never go through a dark moment. You'll no, never go through a difficult time. Your bills will always be paid. You'll always drive a nice car. You'll always have a strong marriage. And that's just not true. You can love Jesus and be in a prison, freshly beaten, sitting on a drain where everybody else's urine is running to. You can love Jesus and lose your job. You can love Jesus and end up in a hospital. So it's not what we're in. What changes things is what's in us. And so everybody was in the prison, but there was two men in the prison that had something different in them. And all of a sudden, because they had, a, they had an experience with the Savior, come on, anybody who believes in me, in that moment, out of you, there will be a flow. And man, they choose to focus on Jesus. They choose to see Christ. And all of a sudden, this flow starts to come, and they start to declare God's goodness, and everybody around them is hearing. Here's what I want you to hear. I'm almost done. We can complain like everybody else, or we can praise like nobody else. Everybody's complaining. Everybody's complaining. We live in a, listen, turn on the news, turn on. Everybody's complaining about what's going on in this world. I'm not saying there's things that don't deserve attention, but I'm saying we're so critical and we're so upset and we're so, everybody, someone needs to be the resounding voice that's different than all the other voices. And what will make your voice different is when you sound different. The only way you can sound different is to focus on something different. And that's just the CG. And in that moment, here's what we're talking about. In that moment, there'll be a flow. And that's where you'll find cleansing. That's where you'll find renewing. And he says this right here at the end. And suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation and all the floors, all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. I just want you to know, I believe this with all of my heart, that every person lives in a circle of influence. Some people's circles are larger. Some people's circles are smaller. But everybody influences somebody else. And if you'll choose to get a right flow in your life, that flow out of your life, those rivers, come on, you'll splash on some people and they'll experience life change too. Now I'm just going to close with this. Praise broke the prison. Praise. It didn't break the chains. Did y'all hear that? Let me read it again. Y'all didn't. 
suddenly there was a massive and the prison was shaken to its foundation when they was done they, we can't even use this prison anymore it was shaken to the foundation all the doors not just their door all the doors immediately flew open and the chains off every prisoner fell and so if you are at home and, and you're struggling in a prison praise breaks the prison but it's got to start in the prison in us and so we're going to go back into some worship and I want to encourage you I know for the last three months y'all been sitting on beds and sitting on couches I, me too I want to encourage you, man, let's stand up together in every home, in every room, and let's chase after for the next few moments. Come on, let's put our faith in Jesus, and everyone who believes in me, out of him will flow rivers. I just want to pray that God will bring a new flow out of you as he brings a new flow in you. Come on, Father, in the next few moments, be glorified. Help us to put our attention and our focus on you. And God, I pray, Lord, as we put our faith in you, I pray, God, hearts will begin to flow again. People, God, who are, who are bound up with hurt and heartache and disappointment and frustration and anger and rage. Father, I pray, God, a new flow. God, will begin to get into them. I pray, God, there's going to be, Lord, a new beginning and a new start and a new heart in every single person watching this service. And so, Lord, I pray, be lifted up and set our hearts free. In Jesus' name, come on, let's worship together. Come on.